JD Talking Sports. Drop the G. Monday, February 6, 2017, the day after the Super Bowl. The greatest Super Bowl ever played. The greatest comeback ever. I've had time to marinate, to process. The Super Bowl has been... I've had a Super Bowl transfusion through my blood. I can talk about the game now. A lot to talk about. Isaac. All right. Now, a lot of things happened in the game. We had the first extra point missed since 1990 in the Super Bowl. It was the largest deficit that the Patriots had even been involved in since week four of the 2014 season. It was a game they lost to the Chiefs 41-14. Do you remember that game? They were talking about benching, well, the critics were, of benching Brady. Those were the critics. The Falcons during the game had 46 snaps on offense, 18 fewer than the NFL average in 2016. And their D, 93 snaps in the game, which is about a game and a half. That's how many snaps they took in the game, the Falcons' defense. And this was the thing. This, the, the, the defense was in the field too long. And on top of that, they were playing a lot of man-to-man. So think about all the running they were doing during the game, the Falcons' defense. By the end of the game, he was just... No, no, no pass rush whatsoever. Brady could do whatever he wanted. And it show, hey, you know what? They were ready for this. They were practicing in pads. Matthew... Slater said they were practicing in pads Super Bowl week. They were doing 80% of their max on squats. They were preparing for this game. They were ready for this. They weren't even concerned at halftime. Chris Long said nobody was nobody was uh, worried. He said it was normal. N- no over-emphasizing anything. No panic. Nothing. Nothing. Now listen to this. I thought this was really interesting. Buffalo... 93 wild card game. Trailing Houston at the half at home, 28-3. Marv Levy comes in the locker room. He says, you guys are going to have to live with yourselves, whatever the outcome. You guys are going to have to live with this yourselves, whatever the outcome. I had a guy when we were in high school, a soccer coach that said, you'll live with this for the rest of your lives. Now, I wasn't going to pay for this, and we thought he was an asshole. You hear what Marv Levy said to the guys. And then he, Belichick, they're down 21 through the half. And he's like, you know, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. He said, well, you know, we're okay. We'll be fine. Brady finishes the game. TD, field goal, TD, TD, overtime touchdown. Drives of 75, 72, 25, 91, 62 yards. Last 28 minutes. 31 nothing. They outscore him. 31 unanswered points for the Patriots. Holy Moses. That's what, well, I'm, I'm keeping a little professional. Deron Harmon said, the safety for the Pats says, when you have Michael Jordan, when you have the Michael Jordan of football, that, that's what you think. He said last two Super Bowls were down multiple scores late and he gets the job done. I mean, you have a guy... Grady Jarrett for the Falcons. Four and a half career sacks coming to the game. He has three, which ties the Super Bowl record. And it was his first multi-sack game of his career, and he does it in the Super Bowl. Now, let's also, the direct snap to James White. 13 years ago, Super Bowl. Second Super Bowl they were in, the Patriots, against the Panthers. At the same stadium, they did a direct snap on a 
two-point conversion to Kevin Falk. That's what they... And Josh McDaniel said, we pulled that out of the cobwebs, out of the mothballs. I'm sorry, the mothball. How about, I mean, talk about, you know, everything. No stone was unturned. No, st- you, And you saw the joy on their faces. I mean, 24 first downs in the second half, 37 first downs for the game, for another Super Bowl record. Brady passes for 466 yards. He sets a Super Bowl record for yards, completions, attempts. And last five drives, he went 26-34, 284, two touchdowns. Also, that big 15-yard scramble for a first down. I mean, 284 on the last five drives, eight incompletions. Chris Long said, Tom's the goat. He's the king of the petting zoo. And I got to play with him. I mean, it just, I mean, amazing. Falcon safety, Ricardo Allen said, I'm broken inside. It's terrible. It's one of the worst feelings ever. I probably will never forget this. It will always be haunting me. You know what? (laughs) You know, they even said maybe they shouldn't show the Falcons highlights of this game. But I, I don't think they have to show him anything. This would stick with me for a while. I, Matt Ryan is going to work out like an animal. I don't think he is furious how this one ended. He was on the side. He couldn't do anything. James White, who should have got the MVP, 14, 110, 14 catches, 110 yards, three touchdowns. First first guy for three, uh, for three touchdowns since Terrell Davis did it. I mean, Super Bowl 32. I mean, come on. 19 years ago, first guy, and he didn't get MVP. Hey, and he also had three touchdowns, two-point conversion, 20 total points in the game, another Super Bowl record. Previous high, he had eight catches this year. In a previous, That's his pre- previous high, James White, in catches in the game. 14 catches in the game, three touchdowns. Guys just stepped up. Next man up. Trey Flowers, two and a half sacks for the Patriots, combined 26 and a half yards. He had a big one of Matt Ryan with four minutes left, 12-yard sack, took him out of field goal range. Kept the score 28-20. He also led the, the Patriots with five quarterback hits. And, and it was interesting. Uh, MMQB, Peter King, was comparing Brady versus Montana. Brady, 25-9 all-time in the playoffs. Montana, 16-7. Montana, four known Super Bowls. Brady, 5-2. Montana, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. Brady, 15-5. Hey, you know what? Montana... You can't go, that's a clean record. I know he has five rings, the greatest ever, but those are pretty amazing. Montana, come on, 4-0, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions in, in, in the four Super Bowls. It's pretty amazing. Belichick in seven Super Bowls. This is the margin of victory in the seven game. Margins, and he's lost two of them. 3-3, 3-3, 4-4, and 6. 26 points separated the two teams in the seven games that the the Patriots played in. 26 points. That's amazing. That is amazing. And there was a good tweet from Daniel Jeremiah. He said, every championship defense needs a closer. Von Miller, yep, he finished off the Panthers last year. Atlanta had a blown save tonight. They needed that one play. They didn't get it. Well, they were, were, come on. They They were exhausted. They were exhausted. And uh, they, I, one of the things I read about how the Falcons talk about, uh, the GM talked about, Dimitrov talked about, you know, the importance of marginal gains. 
Sometimes less is more. They went for it. I think they got a little greedy certain plays. I think it would have been better if they would have taken the pedal off the metal, ran a little bit. I mean, Devontae Freeman averaged 6.8 yards a rush. Why at the end when they did a third and one? Why not, why not run him? See what he get. What if you broke one for 10, 12 yards? Because that's all they needed was a field goal. They needed three points. That would, 31-20, that would have closed it. At any point, another three points would have closed it. It was just too much for them to overcome. They, wouldn't have been, they would have ran out of time. They, it was the perfect point differential. Three more points would have put them over the edge. And they never got it. They never got it. And then someone stole Brady's Super Bowl jersey. Right out of the locker room. Kraft said it's probably on eBay. And Ryan threw three quarters, 13-16, 202, two touchdowns, and a perfect 158.3 passer rating. But the last four series? Punt, fumble, punt, punt. And that's what happens sometimes. And the Pats were held scoreless for the seventh consecutive Super Bowl in the first quarter. Every Super Bowl they haven't scored in the first quarter. How about that? And I, you know, this I never knew. Belichick's first year as a head coach, December 22nd, 1991, last game of the season. They were both 6-9, and nine, the Steelers and the Browns. He was a Browns head coach, first season. He lost 17-10 to Bubby Brister and the Steelers in Chuck Knoll's last and 193rd win as a Steelers head coach. That was the, that was the, the 10th of Belichick's 115 career losses. Bernie Kosar threw for 335 yards that game in a loss. They finished 6-10. and 10. Imagine that. He was the opposing coach in Chuck Knoll's last game as head coach. Yeah, Devontae Freeman, underutilized. I think he could have made some plays at the end, but you know what? And now the Niners have a new head coach. We shall see if Kyle Shanahan can get past this. You know, hey, anything's possible, right? And the ratings did not top the 2015 game between the Patriots and Seahawks. The, that one at 114.4 million. This one only at 111.3 million, which which was behind last year's Patriots Denver game was 111.9. But I think you know you had Payton's last game. But and the Pats tied the 1989 San Francisco 49ers for best they uh, they covered the spread. They went 16 to three. After covering, they they covered it. The three points that that's that was the best season with the nineteen eighty nine Niners. That's how good a season they had. They have everything against total spread, or yeah. And Brady's four hundred sixty six yards was only the fourth time since the merger of nineteen seventy that a team had allowed four hundred fifty or more yards passing in a playoff game. Fourth since since seventy, we're talking forty seven years. Only fourth of over four hundred fifty yards passing. And the ninety three plays, most since the Steelers in Super Bowl thirty when they had eighty four. They lost that game twenty seven seventeen to the Dallas Cowboys, and they doubled they doubled Atlanta. I mean, those guys were on the field a long goddamn time. And the thirty seven first downs, they joined the nineteen eighty four Niners as the only Super Bowl team to have at least thirty first downs. Niners had 31. So think about it. They still they had six more than the Niners had. And that was the year they beat uh, Marino and the Dolphins 38-16 at Stanford Stadium. They had 31 in that game. 37-24 in the second half. And before Sunday, 
Teams trailing by 20 or more points at start of fourth were 0-11. That's, that's all over. Think about this. The Falcons' win probability at 9.44 mark of the fourth quarter when Gotzkowski had kicked the 33-yard field goal, made it 28-12 for the Falcons, was 99.6% win probability. 8.49 later, the Patriots went from less than 1% to 50% after tying the score at 28-28. And Peter King agreed with me. When they got the coin flip, I said, he said, game over. I said, I told you, game over. And listen to this. Some media had said that, and, and Belichick, and I, I find this highly insulting, that Brady played harder this season due to the suspension against him for the deflate gate. Really? It's an insult. Guy busts his ass every goddamn year. And I'm not even, a, I'm not a Brady fan, but goddamn it. He played his ass off last night. And the, as a team, look at, you hear the guys talking about it. We knew we were, we were, we, we knew we weren't done. You see, I didn't believe. None of these people believed, but they believed. I mean, you know, Patriots fan, but as, as a, I never thought that. I said, 28-3, it's done. But that team never stopped. Even at halftime, I said, it's done. I thought that interception return, they were done. They were, done. They were crushed. Then 28-3, I said, they're done. And they just never stopped believing. Hey, you know? And then I thought maybe go for the field goal. You know why they went for the field goal? Because they said, we're going to have a couple more possessions today. They had to get two two-point conversions, and they still did it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a great game. And and the Super Bowl records, well, most games by, a, by a, a player, most games by a head coach, most games won by a head coach, most points in a game, James White, most career passes, Tom Brady, most passes in a game, most completions in a career, most completions in a game. Tom Brady has over 2,000 yards in Super Bowls. He also has the most touchdown passes in Super Bowl history, 15. Most games, largest deficit overcome. Oh, this is funny. Most points overtime. First overtime game ever. Come on. Most first downs by both teams this year, 54. Most first downs passing by a team, New England at 26. Most first downs passing by both teams, 39. Plays, most passes, most completions, most passing yards. Oh, because they take off the, um, the sacks, 442. And most passing are 682 combined. And there's even a couple tied. Most two-point conversions tied to. Most first downs by penalty. They got four first downs by penalty in New England in this game. Wow. Hell of a game. Hell of a game. And I need to thank that. I did not... Um, I did not... All these records were given to me by Arash Markazi, ESPN. Thank you. That's some pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff. And I just saw this just now, that the 76ers are in talk to send Jaleel Okafor to the Pelicans via USA Today, Philly pushing for a first-round draft pick. Wow. Hey, you know what? Maybe he gets a new setting. He'll turn around. He is not... Proven to be a good fit in with the Sixers. And he's from Duke, man. I thought he was going to be a beast. Towns turned out to be a beast from Kentucky. Not so much with Okafor. Well, he had a pretty good year, but they said that he's not as much a complete player as Towns is. Which makes no sense to me because I always felt that Coach K was a very good coach and he, you know, got the, you know, a lot of good teaching. But what do I know? All right, the Knicks. Joe Kim Noah not playing tonight against the Lakers at the Garden. 
suffered a left hamstring injury when he was going for an offensive rebound. He, same hamstring he hurt, but they said not, Hornacek not, said not as bad this time. That cost him two weeks in the first four exhibition games this year. They're 5-1 and one without him in the lineup, Noah. Now, Hernan Gomez is not going to start because he was minus 33 in the first half. His defense needs work against the Cavs on Saturday. So Kyle Quinn will start. And also Hornacek likes Hernan uh, Gomez's chemistry with the speedier second union. And Lance Thomas, the headaches have subsided from the broken orbital bone in his, when he, when he broke it a couple weeks ago. He hasn't played a game since January 15th, but he started uh, working out, which is good. I forget who we got hit by. I think that was Indiana. But not, that, oh, that has to get in the headaches and all that stuff. And I have uh, a couple more things on the Hall of Fame. Listen to this. Terrell Davis, they talked about how he had a smaller resume to work with. In seven playoff games in 1997-1998, he averaged 27 carries, 149.9 yards per game. Then we went 7-0 and won Super Bowls by seven points over the Packers and 15 over the Falcons. And next year, Randy Moss is eligible. Now, T.O. didn't get in this year. And, you know, back in 2001... Randy Moss said to Sid Hartman, his coach, I think that was with the Raiders, he said, I play when I want to play. Could it come back to haunt him? And also you have Ray Lewis, first time he's eligible. He's going to get in. But Randy Moss, man, when he was on the Patriots, he had over 20 touchdown catches. And I'll tell you, in that Super Bowl against the Giants, he just missed one. They, they got severely beaten by the Giants, and he still caught a touchdown pass. And I'll tell you, there was a bomb he could have caught that would have won the game for them. That's how good he is. Randy Moss was a freak, man. I'm, I mean, amazing, amazing football player. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I can't believe T.O.'s out. I know he pissed off a lot of people, but the stats, man. I don't know. You know what? You got sports writers. Some guys got beefs against guys, and they keep them out. And Brett Favre ran a half marathon in Gulf Shores, Alabama over the weekend. Ran a 206 half marathon. Why I'm, why I'm saying this, he ran a 932 pace because my best half marathon was a 157. Now, I did it at 34. He did it at 47. But I think I could do a two-hour half. He wanted to run an 830 pace. He ran a 932 pace on the race. But how about that? Said knees were fine, everything. He said his ankles were bothering him a little bit. This guy got the crap beat out of him every goddamn game, and he just keeps... It's like the Energizer Bunny, man. Takes a licking, but keeps on ticking. And how about this? Pure safeties in the Hall of Fame since 1987. There's been 31 classes. Only two of them were pure, pure safeties. Two of 177 taken in the 31 classes have been pure safeties. Paul Krause, 1998, from the Vikings, and Ken Easley this year. And this, I found this really interesting. Ladanian Tomlinson, 2002 through 2007, 119 touchdowns in six years. Only 11 players have scored that much in their careers. And this past year, you had one player who had more than 2,000 yards on scrimmage. David Johnson had 2,118. Tomlinson averaged 2,070 yards from scrimmage from 2002 through 2007. Averaged over 2,000. And then Kurt Warner got in. His first three years, 1999 through 2001, he 98 touchdowns, 53 interceptions, over 4,200 yards, average a season in passing yards. Then he had. Then he was got. Let go by the 
by the Rams, went to the Giants, 2002 to 2006, next five years. He backed up Eli, 27 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. He averaged 1,588 yards per year. Then his last three years, goes to Arizona, 2007 to 2009, 83 touchdowns, 45 interceptions, averaged 3,918 yards per season. That is amazing. And it took them eight hours and 48 hours and 49 minutes to decide the newest Hall of Fame members this year. And they asked Gil Brand an interesting thing. He said they asked him why he supported Jerry Jones after Jones had fired him. He said not many owners have done more for the NFL. And I respect Gil Brand. And when Gil Brand says that, I just shut up. Because I, I, I got to respect the guy that here he is, guy fired him. But he said, hey, he's done a ton for the NFL. You know, he fired me. He wanted to go. You know, new guy comes in. I thought he was, I was upset that he got rid of Tom Landry. But Tom Landry, he, he had done all he could do. It was time to make the, the firing. The way they did it wasn't the best way, but he brought in Jimmy Johnson who lit a fire under those guys' asses. Really did. And the competition committee is going to look into the intentional grounding rule. Now quarterbacks must be outside the tackles to throw it away and the ball must go past the line of scrimmage. The new rule, the ball still has to go past the line of scrimmage, but they can throw the ball away from the pocket it would, you know, quarterbacks would be able to dump the ball without risking injury while they're sprinting out of the pocket. Is hey, the game's changing. They're always going to protect the quarterback. Defense has less and less rules, and the quarterbacks just more and more. They want scoring. Hey, they want scoring, and there still was zero zero at the end of the first quarter. But they did. They went over the over under. They broke it. What was it? Fifty eight and a half, fifty nine. They did it. And I could remember the guy. I was blanking yesterday. Josh Hamilton, a career what could have been man. He. Even in high school, they said he was going to—he was a can't-miss prospect, and he did it. Now, Major League Baseball is looking to change the intentional walk rule, where the the, the batter instead of four at four pitches can go directly at first base, you know, like a hand signal or something. Also, they want to raise the lower part of the strike zone to the top of the hitter's knees. Now, this all needs approval from the Major League Baseball Players Association. Now, it needs to happen sooner rather than later because spring training games start in le- in two and a half weeks. Is that crazy? Now, since '96, the strike zone has been the Hollow beneath the kneecap. The new zone would raise it an estimated two inches. And think about it. There's only been one intentional walk per 5.2 games last season. So, I mean, and it is. Let's speed up the goddamn game, right? I mean, it's a little ridiculous. Now, the new strike zone would produce more balls in play, more base runners, more action. 30% of all hitters walk or strike out. That was the highest rate of non-action in the game's history this past year. Now, the, they said the intentional walk should have passed the strike zone, not so much because the new strike zone, it shrinks the strike zone, helps the hitters, hurts the pitchers. They actually put out feelers on both these proposals last year, but the whole thing is they're looking for ways to speed up the pace of play. I, I think a pitch clock. You know, they have this stuff in base basketball. They have it in football. I think the hitters need a clock. I think the pitchers need a clock. you got to speed this stuff up, man. If you go out for too long, you know, even even golf, they don't they – don't, They don't, they don't, they don't, man, I can't think of the word I want to use today. They don't put the rule into place. They let it slide. But I think they have to be more rigid with these, with these rules. I really think, yeah, these games take too goddamn long. They got to speed it up. And college football needs to go when uh, the clock has to start. Not, can't stop and start after every first down. They got to speed up the clock in college football. It's taking too long. Now, college basketball, Gonzaga. Number one, second straight week, 24-0. Number two, Nova, jump from four to two. Number three is Kansas. Number four, Louisville, who plays tonight 
at UVA and number five, Oregon went from 13 to five. Then you have Baylor six, Wisconsin seven, who's number one in the big 10. UNC top of the ACC number eight, Arizona nine and UCLA 10. Xavier and SMU went in 24-25. Notre Dame and Northwestern. Northwestern did not have a good week. They're out of the poll. And women, Tennessee back in the poll for the first time since December 5th at number 24. UConn won. 97 or no, come on. Baylor two. So Baylor, top 10 in both. They were both number two at one point. Maryland three. Mississippi, Mississippi State four. Florida State five. South Carolina dropped to six. They lost, they lost Tennessee at Tennessee this past week. Tennessee over the last two years was unranked for 13 weeks. That's one less than during Pat Summit's entire career. Tennessee had the mighty have fallen, but you know they could get. Back, they'll never get back to Summit, Summit uh, levels. But they could, they could, they could, they can make a run. And Michigan, congrats, congrats to the uh, Lady Wolverines, number 21, the first ranking since 2013. Hey, and uh, Vladimir Putin, the uh, uh, Flyers alumni team, is coming. To Russia, at the end of the month, they want to play. He wants to play in a series of hockey games against the alumni. Sixty-four-year-old Putin wants to play in those games later this month, and the Flyers alumni said, "We're not going to take it easy on him." You know what? Listen, these are former professional hockey players. I love that Putin just thinks I'm like, hey, you know, I'm this big. You know what, dude? I wouldn't think I can go in there and play. Even even if I played with Jordan at, at the age of 60, he'd still smoke my ass. He'd still beat me. Wouldn't even be close. But I digress. What do I know? I'm just a man. I'm just a very foolish, foolish man. No, they're talking already about predictions for next season. We're Tony Romo. Oh. NFL predictions for next season. Tony Romo to the Texans. Dan Grazianos on ESPN. Vikings, Colts, and Super Bowl. Okay. No, I don't see that happening. Anywhere close. All right. I have trivia question. Last NHL team to win back-to-back Stanley Cups. The 1997-1998 Detroit Red Wings. Now, 2005, there was no Stanley Cup because of the lockout. So they're now 17 years and counting NHL record. And today's trivia question, which Big Ten team has never, ever, ever made the NCAA tournament? I'm talking never. How about that? One Big Ten team has never made the NCAA basketball tournament. Hopefully this year, things will change. All right, now, we witnessed one of the greatest Super Bowls ever. What will Tom Brady do for an encore next year? He's coming back. And he will play another five years. Unless he gets injured. But I, I'll tell you. What a way. And, and you know, his mom going through chemo and radiation. Wish her the best in health. It was cool watching his daughter on his uh, piggy. Uh, him holding his daughter in a Brady jersey. His two sons were there. And Giselle. They were going crazy. What a win, man. Oh, and then uh, today at the press conference. Goodell had to do like an awkward like moment, and then he introduced Brady. And then when he was gonna when Belichick was off, was up on the podium, Brady didn't want to sit with uh, Goodell. He just left. And I hope now last last time they won, he gave Malcolm Butler his truck when he got MVP. This time, give it to James White. He deserves it, which he probably will. He doesn't need the truck. But Goodell, man, you're a putz. 
And I'll tell you, I hope Boston has the best goddamn parade ever. They deserve it. You were the better team. You have a great coach. The, yeah, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, you know what? Five, five, uh, five Super Bowl wins. Four Super Bowl MVPs. This one I, I would have given to James White, but can't, can't go against a guy. Guy throws for 466 and leads the team he way, the way he does down 28-3 and gets him back. Has everybody believing that he can get them the win? Everybody built, bought into him. Everybody. Misses four games this year, comes back, doesn't miss a beat. All right, folks. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you tomorrow, probably. Peace out. Have a good night.